Well, hello, friends. I'm Kirk Moose with MooseMinistriesInc.com, and this is Barry Klingen with me again with Bishop and the Moose. We are so excited to be here with you today, and today we want to talk about a very important topic, the topic of Revelation. And no, we don't mean the book of Revelation, <laughs> but one of the most important things, Pastor, in the Christian's life is to be able to have revelation that comes down like manna from heaven. Absolutely essential, Kirk. We have to have a revelation. I go back to Matthew 16 uh, when Jesus had his disciples at Caesarea Philippi and said, "What? who do men say that I am? And they told the different ones. And he said, but who do you say that I am? And Peter spoke up and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And you can almost, in the Scripture, feel the excitement of Jesus in his response. And he said, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah. Blessed are you because flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my Father which is in heaven. And then he goes on to say, of course, you know, upon this rock I'll build my church. And many times, and I think rightfully so, we say that the rock is the confession that Christ is Lord. But we forget that Jesus first applauded him, if we can use that term, uh, to for the fact that he didn't get this from man. He got it from his Father in heaven. That is revelation. Hearing the voice of God that is beyond anything in the flesh that can be originated, taught by men. It's something beyond that. It's the voice of God. And I believe not only in the beginning and the growth of the church, but uh, the growth of God's people. The church you know, is the people. And so we're, our growth is, is tied to this, but also I believe it is absolutely essential to our survival day in and day out. Always. Oh, I completely agree with you. And as I've been studying today, I've been studying a lot about the armor of God. And as I've been studying it, I realized I got revelation Yes, that there's many things that the apostle Paul hinted on throughout his letters that's yes. He, it's like we only see the armor of God in Ephesians most of the time, yes. and we don't think about it anywhere yes. else. But as I was studying, I'm like, oh, wait a minute. First Thessalonians, it talks about the armor there. Mm-hmm. Wait a minute. He's talking about the armor in Romans. Yes. And it started coming together for me in a completely new way. And I was like, wow, Lord, continue to pour this revelation into my heart. Continue to show me what you're doing here. And so many times in our life, We'll try to focus in and hew in on this one picture frame view that we see. And we won't want to look outside of that picture frame. But if we will just listen to the Spirit and listen to the Holy Spirit as He whispers to us, He'll start directing our paths. Yes. Think about that verse of Scripture we quote all the time about, you know, I'll be a voice behind you speaking to you, turn to the right or to the left. Yes. That's powerful, isn't it? You know, it is. about how He directs our paths on a daily basis and hearing that voice becomes essential, not just to uh, our enjoyment, but to our survival as I, and to our effectiveness in being God's people here on this earth today. I have a, a teacher that I had when I was at Christ for the Nations. He used to do a lot of mission work in India. And he said there was more than one time when they were in the mission field that they would have someone knock at the door or they would hear a whisper in their sleep, leave, you're in danger. Mm-hmm. And if the day, they yes. would pack everything up and they would leave, yes. and somebody would come to where they went from the previous village and say, "It's good that you left when you did." There were men that came to kill you last night. Yes. So there's times God will send messengers to you, but there's also times He will wake you up in the night yes. to whisper something to you so that He can warn you of danger to come. 
Think about the apostles. Mm-hmm. He, he even came to tell them things or sent angels, maybe we should say, yes. to tell them things in the beginning when their faith wasn't as good. Why, why do I say when their faith wasn't as high? They just walked with them for two and a half to three years, yes. and their faith still was challenged. Well, first of all, they immediately went back to the, what they knew. Mm-hmm. They went back and started mm-hmm. fishing again, and they started mm-hmm. doing what they understood and what they were comfortable with. Why? Because their teacher was no longer with them, and they felt lost. Well, they went back to their comfort zone. Yes. Many times we do the same thing. Mm-hmm. We gain revelation from the Lord, but when we don't know what to do, we say, where do I go? And we fall right back into our comfort zone. But we're supposed to do what Paul tells Timothy and stir ourselves up in our most holy faith with the gifts that we receive by the laying on of the hands of the apostles. Yes. We're not supposed to allow ourselves to get disoriented or confused because we have a situation that we're not familiar with. It's amazing to me. You're sitting there giving some of those illustrations of how many things. Just take the book of Acts. That's the history of the church after the day of Pentecost. And how many times God spoke and and did this and 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 changed their life and think of Paul. Paul's wanting to take the gospel, you know, east and and a man from Macedonia appears to him and says, "No, come over here and help us." And because he listened to that revelation, all of human history, his, we we study the history of Western civilization today, not the history of Eastern civilization, because Paul heard that voice. And so, you know, hearing the voice of God, and it was so prevalent. And the and the book of Acts, and then we come along and we get too smart, and you know that's too hard, or or that's too crazy, or that brings out too many supernatural things, and God's not doing that anymore, and that crazy theology that's been built around the idea of what we don't experience rather than what we do, and yet when we look at the Bible, how many times that made the difference in someone's life? Oh yeah, always looking at that. I was thinking of a story that that really emphasizes to me how it changed. And this is not even that many years ago. It's quite a, quite a good while way back. But uh, I had a staff member that who uh, had decided uh, that God was calling them to a nation as a, as a missionary. And, you know, we hated to lose this person, but we you know wanted to support them and felt like that's great. So we had the big goodbye. We're supporting them, and they're going. And this person wasn't gone but about two months, three months, and I get a call that there's a problem. And then I get the idea that this is not working out, and they want to know if they can come back. And the old flesh in me rears up. You know, I get so tired of people being flaky and saying, uh, well, you know, this is God's will. But then two days later, it's not God's will. And I'm like going, you know, I'm, I got all my ammunition ready to say, oh, you can't stop during the first problem that comes. So I'm on a, a long-distance Skype call. And so I'm having to be quiet because you can't talk over each other, you know, like we can do here uh, because you had to have that delay. And so I'm listening to that. And while I'm listening to the person tell their story, the Holy Spirit gave me revelation and said, turn to Genesis chapter 22. And I'm about to tell you why this is so important. (laughs) <laughs> and what we're talking about here, because I go to Genesis 22, I know what Genesis 22 is. That's the story of Abraham being told by God to sacrifice his son, the son he loves, on Mount Moriah. And, you know, it starts that way in Genesis 22 and verse 1. You know, God came and tempted or tested Abraham and said to him, Get thy son, thy only son. I'm quoting in the King James. That's the only way I memorize it. But uh, And take him to Mount Moriah. And so can we not say black and white right there, it's God's will 
for him to take his son and sacrifice him on Mount Moriah. So you know the story. He gets the the wood for the sacrifice and the fire and everything. And on the way up, and Isaac asks, "Why? Uh, we've got all this. Where's the sacrifice? The Lord will provide." And you know, we preachers can preach that text real good. But as this person's telling me their story, I'm reading this on the side, looking at it, and I realize something. When you get to verse twelve, there's a new fresh revelation. And the new fresh revelation is, stay your hand. And there's a ram caught in the thicket. Let the ram be the one that is the sacrifice. And we go, wow. So get this, what God's will was in verse 1 wasn't God's will in verse 12. Had Abraham operated in old revelation rather than the most recent new fresh revelation, he would have put a knife into his future and to all that God had planned to do through him. And so thank goodness he listened to that new revelation. When you saw, when I saw that, I, and by the way, I tell that story, it was a very clear, obvious God thing that was going on. Not only did God have to teach me that about revelation, but it was a God thing for this person to come back and have a fruitful ministry. But it just shows you how even I had to get revelation about revelation in order to uh, learn and grow and help people with. But think how powerful that is for us, Kurt. If we're, you know, God told me, to do this in life. I felt the leading of the Holy Spirit, whether it was a dream, a vision, or God speaking through the Scripture, whatever way he spoke to me, I felt very confident to do this. But if you keep operating in that and miss what fresh something God has to tell you. Now, I, I believe very firmly that the Bible teaches that the Lord is, he said, I'm, I, I'm the Lord, I change not. And I believe that, you know, James said, there is no shadow of turning within him. He's not a fickle God. He's not changing his mind all the time and doing those things. But however, there is, and for that, and for the situation with the staff member I was dealing with, it was a test. It was something this person had to do to show that they were fully obedient to God. We didn't know that at the time, but that's what it was. And because they got the latest revelation, they were able to flow in and out of that situation and find a whole new acceleration into their destiny into a, a much more prosperous way. And so it's exciting to me to listen to the voice of God and open up the Scripture and say, Open thou mine eyes, Lord, that I might behold wondrous things in the law. Let God speak to me from that scripture. Some people, you know, the, the tradition I came out of, Kurt, people want to get scared about stuff like this because they say, you're not honoring the Bible. You're not, you're not. Yes, I am. I'm, gonna, it's, I'm, I'm almost tired of always putting the, the little asterisk in there. Oh, by the way, everybody understand, I do believe the Bible is the word of God, and God's never going to contradict his word. We know all of that. We're way beyond that. We're understanding, though, that God is real, and God is alive. He's a Amen. living being, and living beings talk. The only people that don't talk are dead people, and he is not dead. He is alive. And so, therefore, he has something to say. He said a perfect revelation. We have it from Genesis to the book of Revelation. We have a great, you know, everything we need for faith and practice. But God is still speaking. How do you explain the verses? I'll be a voice behind you. My sheep hear my voice, he said. Over and over, the book of Acts, like we said, how many times did hearing the voice of God change the church's destiny and change the course of history and change the course of the apostles' lives as they listened to him? Uh, I want to listen, too. I want to get on that revelation. I think it's essential for the church. And I, I would say it's the, it's the most necessary thing in your toolkit for survival for these days that we live in uh, as well. You better listen carefully because things are changing in the world. And I, I want to be, I want to be right morally, uh, spiritually, as the Scripture very clearly teaches us. But beyond that, I want to be next to the Father's heart, and therefore have my life be in the place it ought to be. And I mean physically, 
have my life be That's where right. I ought to be in order to experience God. I, I you know, uh, several years ago, I had to go to California for a conference or something, and and I've been gone for over months later, I believe it was, and they had a big earthquake there. And I thought, oh wow, I just you know missed that by months. It wasn't like days or anything like that. But I thought, you know, if you pray. And let the Holy Spirit tell you what to do about everything. And I, I don't mean being weird, but, uh, you know, any more than we already are. But, I mean, being, uh, you know, am I supposed to take this trip? Am I supposed to be? That way, if anything happens, I know God led me to be that's where right. I am at any given moment and given time. And that's a very important part of our walk with him, and especially in these days we're living in. Uh, revelation is essential uh, to, to what we're doing, hearing the voice of God. I think... Many people, even today, completely miss the mark of God because they don't know how to listen when they need to be listening. Just like you said, (laughs) Abraham was told to go sacrifice his son. There was a reason for that. God needed to get him to the mountain. Mm -hmm. God needed to know that he was the most important thing in Abraham's life. Secondly, he also had a second plan in place. Well, you could almost say two second plans. <laughs> One, he was going to provide an alternative sacrifice. Mm-hmm. But two, he wanted to make a covenant with his friend. Mm-hmm. If Abraham had not gone yes. to the mountain yes. when God told him to go, mm. he would have missed the most important thing in history, the covenant with the most mighty God that ever has been and ever will be. Isn't that great? You know, so he wanted to cut covenant with Abraham. Mm-hmm. That covenant leads to the Messiah coming. Mm-hmm. We we know the importance of this meeting. God set him up. <laughs> it's what yes, it was. It yeah. was a divine setup. Yes. But with the switch pit pitch, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Because he turns around and says, Oh, by the way, while you're here, we're not going to exactly do the play like we yeah, talked about? Yes. You're not going to sacrifice your son? I've got a ram in the thicket over there? Yes. That's what you're going to use. And yeah. So he kept everything clean to where nothing's tarnished and he's not like the false gods. That's so, you know, uh, you, you were saying that. I'm thinking how many times God's plan has been, now, humanly speaking, you know, uh, we, you know we, we're looking at it from human eyes, but uh, Moses, how important he was to the plan of God. And he's out there, and I always, I can never get over the Nexus 3. He's out there, and he's been tending, you know, sheep for 40 years, the most overqualified shepherd in the history of shepherding. And he's out there doing it for 40 years, and one day he sees a bush on fire but not being consumed. And if you read the Scripture closely, it says he decided to turn aside and see what this was. What if he had not That's decided it. to turn aside and see what this was? What if he had gone by it? Would that have just totally, you know, and of course God's sovereign in ways he works out his plans, but still it is incredible, powerful. They'll say, and I think of Moses, we preachers have always, you know, I love to act it out when I'm preaching on a platform somewhere where I go way over on one side, start up the platform and say, every time Moses took a step of obedience, and then I run to the other side of the platform and say, that ram took a step of obedience, you know, and God brought the sacrifice or the, the, the resource, the provision, I should say, and he met it with the faith and obedience at just the right moment in time. I love what you just said there, right mm-hmm. at the right moment yes. in time. Why? Because God, throughout history, throughout the Word of God, and you've seen it in your life, I've seen it time and time again in my life, he's a right-on-time God. Yes. And there's a reason for that. 
People always say, well, my goodness, oh, woe is me. Where's my provision? How do I get it? Well, first of all, it's not about you. Yes. If you get over yourself and you get into the presence and you start spending time in the Word and you start getting your eyes off of you and onto Him, something happens. Yes. And then you open the door for Him to guide you to that provision. Now, God's not a lazy God. He tells Mm -hmm. you in the Word, if you don't work, you shouldn't eat. Mm -hmm. So he expects us to do something. Mm -hmm. He expects us to be men and women of action. Yes. Just like Abraham had to get out of his tent, put on his robe, Mm -hmm. get his son ready, Mm -hmm. load the donkey, Mm -hmm. and then start the trek. He expects Mm -hmm. us to also do something in preparation. Yes. But there's always provision that's been made. But a lot of times you won't find it until you're already on the journey he's taking you on. Yes, and it's so you know that that business of being active and doing it, and you know I, it's funny. It's almost as if you know as you go, as you're going, as you're moving, I'll be the voice behind you. So you know, and we've we've noticed this for years in the scripture. God always came to someone who was busy doing something. They were doing mm-hmm. something, you know, and and we remember at the end what we all want to hear the Lord say is uh, blessed, you know, uh, well done, not well said, not well read. Not well studied, well done, thou good and faithful servants. In other words, it's something you've done. You've you you you're moving with your life, and in doing that, in that moving, in that flow, and you know that principle of scripture Jesus uh, taught about to him who has much more will be given, and to, you know that that passage of scripture, I believe can apply in so many levels. And I think when you get in the flow of obedience in your life. Uh, there, there, there is a flow moving in obedience that increased revelation come. I, I know just in as a pastor when I've obeyed God in the script in the service in a worship service, and you know the Lord said you know it needs to go this way or you need to get up and say this and you know sometimes I feel really dumb because I, I when I get up to obey God because I I'm thinking this don't fit or it don't sound right or whatever but I obey God in it and always there was a reason a purpose in doing that and it breaks something loose or it, it does whatever so you learn to hear God as you're moving and doing what what you do we had a incredible breakthrough one day I hear when a, a family uh, their mother uh, the the lady's mother was saved in a in a evangelistic meeting we had one morning and she was in I don't know if she was in her late eighties early nineties uh, I know it was uh, I think it was when I baptized if I remember right it was the oldest person I'd ever baptized and uh, but this person came to Christ but came to Christ in a way I felt like it was so powerful because as this couple that it was her mom came by the Holy Spirit just said that is the that is the result of a momentum of obedience in their life. And I know this couple life, and I know how they've obeyed God in some very big ways in their life. And, and I just felt the Holy Spirit so very clearly as they walked by, as she gave her life to Christ. And he said, this is the result. Now, obviously, you know, salvation is never about works. I know all of that. But I'm just saying this is what the Holy Spirit spoke to me about. I'm blessing these people out of the momentum of a life of obedience, and it just has created more momentum in their life to more revelation. And to him who, who has, more will be given. And, and you know, that, that's a powerful scripture. You know, by the way, it really comes into revelation uh, in doing that. I, I always tell this, you know, there was a time in my life when, you know, I was on top, if you want to say it that way, and had a, I was making a good living and also had a big ministry and all those type of things. Where, and regularly people would come by and say, hey, preacher, I want to take you out and buy you a suit. 
I had 10 suits in my closet, you know. I didn't need another suit. You know, I'd have to tell people, I don't need a suit. Don't tell me to get a suit. I got plenty of suits. And uh, they do that. Well, then there was a time later in ministry where I had nothing. And I was at home and had nothing. I didn't know money coming in. I had, you know, rags on my back to wear, not that bad, but, you know, not good suits. Nobody was knocking on my door and saying, hey, let me buy you a suit, you know, whatever. Well, that's when I needed one, not the other time. So what is that? Well, you know, when you when when someone is successful, and I mean that in the, I don't mean that in the Western term of, uh, of you know, success in life and all that type of stuff. I mean that in terms of you're walking with God and you're being blessed and you're successful. It attracts more. But when you find yourself where the momentum has gone against you and you're in a place of, of darkness uh, or you're not moving as much, you don't attract anything. It's, you know, and there's principles behind all this in Scripture. And I think the more you obey God, the more revelation is going to flow into your life. Yes. You know, find those ways. They'll say, and boy, if I could say this too, Kirk, I, I always dominate and talk too much in here, you know, because I don't know how, I'm a preacher. I don't know how not to talk. But, you know, um, when, you're, when you're thinking about that, that revelation flow in our life and obeying him and doing what he has called us to do, it's going to attract that, that more in your life that, that will, will, will do that. So that therefore, you know, get busy doing it and always think like this. I mean, when I study the scripture, there always comes that moment after I've done my Greek, Hebrew theology, all that stuff, just sit back and just look at the text and try to put yourself in the position of the person while they were at that place now, you got to remember, Abraham's been asked to give his most precious possession in life, the one that God has said, I'm going to make you a father of a great nation through. And God's now saying, sacrifice him to me. We know the end of the story. We know how it ends. Oh, praise God, high five. It's wonderful. But in that moment, Abraham didn't know the end of the story. All he knew is what God had told him to do. And so, therefore, you understand there's always a price to be paid in obedience. So in the times in your life when God tells you to do something, and it's hard, get ready. Get ready. The harder it is, the more difficult it is, the bigger the blessing is out there for you. And some people may be saying, how do I get there? How do I get to where God directs my path? Well, first of all, there's two verses that came to mind while you were speaking. One, take the vision, write it down, and make it plain. Yes. And the second scripture is, is God directs the plans of men. Yes. So first of all, if you haven't written your vision down, mm-hmm. you're already set up for failure because God wants to direct the plans that you've already written down. Why do you need to write it down? Because now you are solid in the plan that you're committing to. Now, you it's kind of like when you go with Jose on the river. Yes. You know, you say, Jose, we need a plan. And a lot of times mm-hmm. Jose is like, well, we just need to flow with the Spirit. Well, that's great, but you need a plan, <laughs> you know. So that you don't do nothing, right? Yes. So at the same time, what what do you do? You get a plan, you establish a plan, you agree upon a plan, but you leave flexibility in that plan. So if the Holy Spirit changes things, it's just like on the river, something happens, okay, Holy Spirit, where do we go? Mm-hmm. And he gives you a new place. You change on that moment to where he's directing you. That's how you get the direction. First of all, you write down your plan. You write down your vision, your vision board, your dream board, whatever you want to call it. I know, Pastor, and I've been told the same thing. Some people say that dream and vision boards are of new age. Well, new age got it from somewhere. First of all, God (laughs) said, write the vision and make it plain. It doesn't matter if you're a visual person or an analytical. You can either write it in text or do some sort of Sanskrit. I don't care. Write your vision down and make it so plain that for you, you understand exactly what you're saying. And then secondly, 
make a plan. Make a plan to get that vision moving forward and start taking action with that vision. Execute mm-hmm. your vision. And as you execute the vision, you're going to start to hear the voice of God whisper to you in the mm-hmm. background. And you'll notice that all of a sudden, like you said just a moment ago, there's almost like that wind, that little whisper behind you that's whispering, nope, a little to the right, mm-hmm. little to the left. That might be better if you did X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. You know, and if you just heed those little whispers, you'll find yourself in the perfect position. That is, uh, I think the part you said there, I think we're going to need to end with make it really clear because I, I, I do believe absolutely writing it down uh, or having that thing so clear in your mind. You can't, just, you can't, you know, I, I've said this before on here, it, it's, a, it's a river that's flowing. I grew up on the Tennessee River oh, yeah. and it's a big river and it's flowing, it has banks. Well, when you have a plan, when you have a, a dream, when you have a destiny, when you know where you want to go, you're going to set those banks up. And those banks are going to be what I'm not going to do because this is not taking me towards my dream. And then what I am going to do. And the key is whatever you have, do something with it immediately. Do it today. Do it tomorrow. I was sitting on the front porch of my house, and it was September 23rd. I don't remember what year. But September 23rd is a, my spiritual birthday is when I became a Christian. And I was sitting out there, and I was thinking, well, you know, I've always wanted to start a, a ministry, and I'd really like to have this Destiny Ministries. And, really, and I was really tied into India at the time. And I want, you know, I want to do this. And I'm saying, oh, but if I could just get somebody to help me and get some money, and I could do this or that. And, and the Lord said, no, see, that's the mistake. If, when, this happens and that happens and all that. And the Lord says, what have you got right now? It's almost like he asked Moses, what's in your hand? Moses had nothing but a stick out there, in the, and he's asking him to go deliver uh, a nation from the most powerful nation on the face of the earth at the time, Egypt. And he said, I've got a stick. Well, you know, God asked me what I have. I said, well, i got a little money over here, but that's not enough. Do what you have with what, you know, do what you can with what you have. I started investing that. Before long, I had a website. Before long, I started having these Date with Destiny conferences. Before long, I'm raising tens of thousands of dollars that built a numerable amount of churches in in uh, India. India had a billion people, still does, and that was like a pinprick in the darkness, but it was something. And it all started when I took what I had. Quit waiting on that check to arrive in the mail. Quit waiting on that person that's going to do this or this person's going to what can you do Barry today and that started the ball rolling for you know all the all the resources that have come in since that time and been able to do it so I encourage you with what you said write it down and then with what you have do something with it's a phone call come you on. need to make if it's a, uh, a whatever I mean you know just something start doing something because God will bless <clears throat> excuse me that movement in your life that will that will lead to and get that that is it the momentum we go from revelation to obedience here but how do you get it you said how do you get it you answered the question yep. but as you keep doing that it's going to provide a momentum where it starts multiplying in your life and you start hearing god i mean you know it's almost today i, I told my wife this other day it's almost as if we take for granted the miracles that happen every day in our life because now I'm seeing things happen all the time. I mean, I prayed over something ridiculous the other day, but I've learned to pray over everything. And I prayed over it, and it was fixed. And I thought, thanks, Lord, you know, and, uh, you know, made that present. And, uh, and it's, you don't, you know, oh, that just happened. But, yeah, God just intervened in my life and did a miracle. It wasn't a, a big miracle than what we would say are big miracles, but it was something that was a hindrance for me to get done what I was supposed to do. And God took care of the hindrance when I asked him. And uh, so, you know. Uh, do what you can with what you have while you have it and watch God multiply it in your life. Amen. And Good amen. <laughs> and amen. Amen. I mean, some people might even say, you know, I don't even know because I don't know that I'm prepared. Well, the word says, 
study to show yourself approved. Mm-hmm. So if you know the Lord's taking you into an arena where you need to be prepared, begin to study. Mm-hmm. Take that first step. Yes. Don't wait. Yes. It's like there's many YouTube channels out there today where they challenge you to start doing something. Do the same thing they're doing. Just get started. Mm-hmm. That's it. You know, I did that thing. I, I tell the good part about obeying God, but I will tell you the bad part, too, in my life. There was a dark period in my life where I was shattered and broken, and I crawled in a cave, not a literal cave, but a, a spiritual cave. And you know what? Nothing was flowing my way until finally I came out of that cave. And said, so, you know, it's almost like I heard the Holy Spirit speak to me, what was spoke to Elijah all those years. What are you doing here? You don't belong here, you know. And so I started, but once I started moving, the revelation started flowing again, the ministry started flowing again, all of those things. So it, it does mean that take what you can, start moving in that direction, and get ready to see some big things happen in your life. Well, guys, we'll wrap it up right here. We're so thankful that you came and joined us today. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button. And after that, hit the bell icon so that you can get notified every time that we release a new show. Also, If you would like to listen to the program without having to worry about having video on, we are now available on podcast as well. And you can check that out at the MooseMinistriesInc.com website under our podcast link. Guys, if you want to contact us for prayer or just to leave a comment, you can either go to MooseMinistriesInc.com, leave a comment there, or you can email Pastor Barry at bclinging at trophylakes.org. And we would love to hear from you guys. God bless you.